Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Local Homeschoolers podcast, where you come for local resources and encouragement. I am your host, Autumn Frisbee. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show today. I'm excited to have with me um, author and journalist Sandy Schwartz. She specializes in parenting, wellness, and environmental issues. Um, Sandy is a freelance science writer specializing in environmental wellness and parenting. She is also an author of Finding Eco-Happiness, Fun Nature Activities to Help Your Kids Feel Happier and Calmer. Her goal is to help families build a nature habit into their daily routine and to help create a sense of calm and balance into their lives. So welcome to the show, Sandy. Hi, it's so great to be here, Anna. Great. Let's um, start by just maybe having you introduce yourself a little bit about uh, your family, your educational background, and kind of what projects you're working on. Sure. Yes, I, I live here in Palm Beach County, Florida. Been here, hard to believe, but 15 years now, almost. I grew up in New Jersey and then spent about 11 years in the D.C. area, which is where I got, uh, you know, went to college and, and graduate school and got my, my career started and then came down here to, um, for my, my husband's job. And we've been here ever since, two, two kids later. I have a son in eighth grade and a daughter in fourth grade. And I've been engaged in the environmental field really since 10th grade when I cleaned up a dirty local river in New Jersey and it really inspired me to get involved in my high school environmental club. And it then led me to actually writing a, my college essay about that experience. And I went on to be an environmental studies major in undergrad and graduate school environmental policy and, you know, as I said, I, I was in the D.C. area, so I was very engaged in science communications and specifically environmental communications, focused a lot on public understanding of science. So really explaining some of those tough science issues to the general public. And um, yeah, and then I we moved down to Florida and I had to kind of shift gears. That was also the time when I was going to start right after I got married to start thinking about having kids. So I went uh, freelance and began a blog and then freelance writing. And so for the last, yeah, like 15 years, I've been freelancing and really specializing in parenting, wellness, and environmental issues. And, and I'm really honing in now on the intersection of nature and mental health. Okay. And so this has been a lifetime passion for you, really, for the environment. And um, can you talk a little bit about your eco-happiness project? Yes. So the idea of eco-happiness, which is basically a name I made up, I saw it once on another website, but it doesn't really, that, that site isn't really around anymore. And it was a little bit different, but I saw this word and I, and I said, you know, there's eco-psychology, eco-anxiety, and I wanted to look at it from a really positive perspective, eco-happiness. What does that mean? Well, it's all about engaging in nature to feel happier and calmer. Again, like that where nature and mental health meet, which isn't something that has been totally focused on, especially in the environmental movement yet. So that's kind of like, I love being on the cutting edge of, of this area of research mm -hmm. and you know something that all of us can benefit from. And, you know, what was happening was, you know, I loved, I loved the environment, I loved nature, but I also was struggling with stress and anxiety. 
And I had had, I've always been a stressed out kid, but it really hit me hard after I went through infertility treatments. And then after my first, my son was born, my first child, I can now look back and say I was experiencing postpartum anxiety. And I imagine, you know, a lot of your listeners probably can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially after all the infertility treatments and all that stress, it just took so long for my body to heal and calm down. And so I began a journey to try to figure out what can I do to feel better. And I wanted to, you know, kind of do it naturally. So that's where I ended up in this world of positive psychology. And that includes approaches like mindfulness, gratitude, volunteerism, and being in awe of things like nature. That's great. Um, Yeah, I definitely think we can all relate, especially as homeschool moms. I think our goals align with your concept of eco-happiness because we want to encourage that calm and happy family environment and really to help our children succeed in stress management and wellness for their life. So um, from your opinion, how can eco-happiness promote the well-being of our children? Yeah, well, nature, we all kind of instinctively know that nature's healing. I mean, I think like, you know, what's your favorite vacation? You know, it's probably going and walking on the beach, right? Or going to the mountains and staring at the sunset. And so we all knew that. But recently, there's actually been more and more studies to, to really back that up. And so we now know that nature is healing in a safe, effective way, and it's scientifically proven. And so there's so many ways that we can engage our kids to do this. And in particular, I feel like homeschool moms have that flexibility to incorporate nature activities into the curriculum and into the daily routine a lot more than than um, folks, you know, families that don't have that control, as uh, much control over the school day. So there's really just the opportunities are endless. I mean, simple things like you know, so many people have pets, especially after the pandemic. I feel like everybody got a pandemic dog. <laughs> except my family, but everybody else. Um, So, you know, petting an animal, going and being around animals, you know, there's so many amazing nature centers we have here in, in South Florida, just going outside and being on a, on a nature walk, spotting the rainbow after the storm. I saw the most incredible rainbow the other day on my morning walk. And, you know, you, uh, I incorporate a lot of, when you see something like that, take a picture, go home and paint a you know, paint a, a, a picture of it then and mm-hmm. and really like take, there's so many activities that we can just intertwine into our daily routine with our kids to allow them to connect to nature, which then ultimately helps them relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we do have such beautiful weather here in Florida. I mean, it's hot a lot of the times, but still with the sun, I mean, there's so many opportunities to get out there and experience that. Um. And then for tips, I know that it's hard with parents because we have technology and Mm -hmm. um, balancing nature and, you know, their desire to be on their technology device. Um, What should be a striving goal for our children as far as time spent outside and how do we balance that? Sure. And, And like everything else, it's better to have a little bit every day than try to cram it all in, you know, on the weekend or, you know, balance is key. But a groundbreaking study published in 2019 in Scientific Reports. This was huge, and it made a a lot of media attention, got a lot of media attention. And um, it found that spending at least 120 minutes a week in nature 
is associated with good health and well-being. So the rule of thumb I would would give to to parents out there is at least 20 minutes a day if you can do that. Of course, you know, if one day is rainy, then maybe the next day you're out a little bit longer. But to really kind of think that a little bit every day, take that lunch break outside, you know, go for the the walk after dinner, maybe uh, incorporate a lesson plan during the day where you're reading poetry outside, doing math outside, you know, just really finding those opportunities. And of course, the more, the better if you can do it. And, you know, there's so many ways that kids can take these nature breaks, sorry, uh, tech breaks. Like we want them to be able to enjoy technology as well in a positive way, but we know how much they benefit when they have that break. So I talk about it in both ways, that nature's there as a way to, to find the break and to unwind and to refresh ourselves, our bodies and minds to heal. But I also have written a lot about and researched a lot about how technology can be the bridge for our kids to nature. You know, we, we can't deny that tech is part of their lives in this generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. So I have a few ideas on how we can do that. Um, you know, there's so many amazing apps out there that incorporate nature. You know, whether it is, let's say your kid is struggling with getting to bed at night, there's great apps uh, that you could put on or, you know, or CDs if you're still using that. Right? That might be a little old school. But of, of nature sounds, you know, the, the bird song sounds are so incredibly healing. So much research has shown that. And for me, like that's the one thing when I go on my walks that I pay the most attention to when I hear the birds chirping. And so, you know, you can put that on for your kids at night. It'll calm them down. You can take them out on on walks and engage them with nature photography. And, you know, you can't do photography without technology mm-hmm. in some level, especially these days. You can, on a rainy day or if your kid is sick and they're not willing to go outside, you can still they can still benefit from nature on a vid- on a TV screen through a video. All of that has still, all the research shows it is still beneficial. It is not going to be as impactful as being outside, but it still is helpful. And there's even really cool research and going on with virtual reality of nature. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's better to have the nature, even if it's not one you can touch, <laughs> mm-hmm. than not at all. So it's worth exploring those options as well with our kids. Okay. And you never know if you, if they spark their interest through technology, they might be more interested in then going outside and engaging in the real nature and outdoor time that way. Yes. And another great way to do it, I don't know if you're familiar with citizen science, but it is volunteering to collect scientific data that then you would contribute to like the local government or a national program. And they really, there's so many options out there. I have a whole blog post about it with, you can link from my website, um, all kinds of, of these different programs that, that kids can get involved with and your family. You can incorporate that again into your lesson plans, your science curriculum. But you, a lot of them use apps because, you know, it, it, it's cool. Like you can go out in your backyard. Let's say they're looking for butterflies. So you'll go out and you'll take pictures of the butterflies you find or the flowers that are blooming. And all of that research then goes into a a database that informs the scientists about 
you know, what's going on in that local area. So it, it's kind of cool. It's a way for kids to do real research, mm-hmm. both using tech and being outside in nature. Well, that's really neat. I'll have to uh, link back to that on your website at the in the show notes for this episode. Okay. Um, and then let's go into a little bit about, you mentioned mental health. Um, it seems to be a big topic now with pandemic. Um, how can we encourage our children in a positive way by um, nature, especially as they get older and they might not want to play outside as much? I mean, I know we kind of talked about technology interweaving that, but do you have any other tips for older children? I do. I happen to have just written an article for a publication on this because I have a 13-year-old myself. <laughs> so I, it, it's interesting when, you know, as a parenting writer, you are you shift from, you know, the, the baby to the toddler to the, to, and then as they grow, you kind of go with that. And yeah, how do I get my, my teen outside now is a big question. But the fact mm-hmm. is, we all need nature time. You know, my book is a parenting book, but I always tell everyone it's for all of us. It's for the grandparents. It's for the aunts and the uncles, you know, it's for, for anyone. We, we all need it. And so some of the ways to get, you know, older kids and teens. So, you know, things that are still cool enough for them might be going on a local trip, you know, kids love outdoor adventures, canoeing, kayaking, going to a gorgeous botanical garden, um, nature centers, zoos, you know, going on a a challenging hike. There's so many ways that we can engage them and they may not even think like, oh, this is a nature activity in particular. You know, it may Mm -hmm. feel more adventure to them. Uh, Another area that is part of positive psychology and I have a whole chapter on is volunteering both outdoors in nature and then also in areas that involve protecting and helping the environment. And there's so many different opportunities. There's a wonderful organization based in Delray Beach called Community Greening. And they have volunteers go out and plant trees in in local communities that are lacking uh, the greenery. So, you know, you can volunteer for something like that. There's beach cleanups, of course. Um, community gardens and local farms are always looking for for helpers. So, and, and you know, if you love animals and pets, the, the nature centers, a lot of them are looking for either donations or volunteers or um, some of the, the local, um, you know, you could volunteer to walk a pet, a dog. You can even, you know, do things like little acts of kindness in your own neighborhood. So maybe you have an elderly neighbor that can't always walk her dog. Volunteer to do it, you know. Uh, pick some flowers for someone who's in the hospital or, you know, there's so many ways that we can look at volunteerism from a nature and environmental perspective. And, and a lot of kids, you know, are involved in that, you know, to do community service. And they're, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of great ways to get them involved that way. Yeah, those are great ideas. And I think it really comes down to like parents being, um, taking the initiative and also being engaged because they're going to learn by example. If we want to be mm-hmm. out in nature, maybe it'll encourage them too as well, our children. So, Yeah, another really simple thing. And you know, during the pandemic, I think we all kind of learned to get outside a little bit more. And you know, let's eat outside. And so social gatherings are a great opportunity. Instead of having the birthday party inside, choose an outdoor location. Even mm-hmm. if it's just a few friends over in the backyard, 
you know, it, that's special and it gives them that that ability to really feel the cool breeze on their skin, be in the sun and enjoy the, the wonderful weather that we have here in South Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And get your vitamin D at the same time. Right. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about your book. It's going to be released in 2022 coming up. Yes. Can you believe it's here before we know it? Um. No, I can't believe that. (laughs) So it's, the title is finding eco happiness. Yes. Finding eco happiness, fun nature activities to help your kids feel happier and calmer. And again, it's really the kid in all of us can benefit from everything in this book. So it's, what are some of the tools that it provides for the parents? Well, yes, I, I begin with really outlining what is it about nature that that helps us feel ha- happier and calmer. You know, what are the key elements, such as the sounds? You know, everything that relates to our five senses. And so I go through all of that, and why? It, what is it so unique about nature that that does this for us? Why is it so healing? Why is it different? You know, a, a looking at a concrete building versus a tree. You know, there we have the studies to prove that there. There's literally a different physiological reaction to us. You know, our cortisol levels are reduced, where our blood pressure is lowered, you know, where our, our mood is boosted. So there's so much that goes into that. So anyway, I start with that to give the premise of the background. And then I have various chapters that are filled with activities, such as the volunteering chapter, the creative, uh, creative arts chapter the mindfulness chapter. I have a whole chapter on awe and gratitude, which, you know, is really, you know, awe is a cutting edge topic that the the scientists are just trying to figure out what it means. You know, why is it when we look at the rainbow, do we have these just incredible emotions that we can't even always explain? And then the benefits of having, feeling gratitude and keeping a gratitude notebook on, on, about what we loved from that day and especially incorporating nature in our gratitude practice every day, you know, how that benefits our health. So each chapter um, is filled with ideas at the end of the chapter, actually have a check, an activity checklist. So you can kind of treat it as, you know, your, your goals (laughs) for the month or however you want to do it. And I also have a list of resources because there's so many incredible people out there working on these issues you know, I, I'm looking at it from the stress reduction standpoint in particular. There are plenty of books out there about education, you know, uh, far schools, for example, you know, education outdoors. There's mm-hmm. all the, the amazing nature therapists that are doing work with kids now. And I wanted to pull that all together as the resource that, that just wasn't out there yet. Mm-hmm. So I think we all need that and we all, you know, it's helpful to have it all in one place. That's really exciting. And I think that's definitely something that all families are looking for is to just have a calmer family environment when we're all together um, and reduce the chaos. And I'm <laughs> glad that nature <laughs> nature is definitely a part of that. Yes. And it's so simple. I mean, my big message too is that this is not for the the people who are already hiking and camping, right? Like they're, they're bought in. But all of us that are busy in the suburbs, the folks in the cities, you know, people who who haven't really thought about how to incorporate it. Or maybe, you know, you live in a high-rise apartment building and you're like, well, how can I ever engage in nature? Well, if you have a balcony or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, just get downstairs and, 
and find a patch of grass. Go to your local parks. I mean, we have an incredible, you know, parks program here in this county. And, you know, every place really does that you can find. Um, the libraries now have an incredible program, uh, several of them, called Story Walk. For example, the Boca Raton Spanish River Library, which is uh, right, has its own like lake area there. They have, so, and this is a national program now, it's called Story Walk. And they set up a story and like separate boards, right? So like each spread of the book is one board and then you go and walk to the next part of the book. And so you're walking as you read the book and mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of them are in parks and in very natural areas. And it's just the perfect example of how to incorporate, you know, nature, relaxation, education, family time. So, you know, I highly recommend to, to look that program up. And um, I, you know, that's part of, I, in my book, I talked about my, my family doing that as well. And mm-hmm. so there, there's so, there's that's so many cool. endless opportunities out there if we just, you know, be, get creative. <laughs> yeah. And I think like you mentioned, people are so busy that, they forget that maybe they haven't been outside at all today. Um, with little kids, it's easy. We're always outside. Mm-hmm. But as they get older, how do we transition? Um, so I think that's some great tips you you provided to our listeners. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, I once I wrote an article about, do you remember the Trolls movie where they had like an alarm to give each mm-hmm. other a hug every hour? <laughs> And I once wrote an article about that, like, uh, you know, to make sure we give enough affection to our kids. You know, you can do that too, you know, whether it's saying, okay, every day after dinner, that's when we're going to to go for a family walk. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, every Sunday night, we're going to look at our week and we're going to pick out three nature-related activities that we want to try. So it's really, you know, like everything else, it's balance and then also a little bit of planning. I was also going to say that a lot of parents – are not sure like where to begin. You know, what 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 kind of nature activities? You know, what am I going to do with my kids? And so I created a free quiz that they can take. You answer 10 questions about your children's your each child, you can take it for each child, um their interests and then you'll get an email with that explains their they'll fit into one of five categories that I created based on their interests and then you'll get a whole list of activity ideas to try. And so if you have five kids, you may have, you know, five different lists of activities that'll keep you busy all year. <laughs> that's really cool. Oh, that's excellent. Can you provide now um your website and where listeners can find you? Sure, you can find me at ecohappinessproject.com and on that homepage you can find the quiz. And also, uh, you can download a free calendar. Um, it'll give you something every day for a month, different nature activities. And then I have tons of blog posts as well uh, that dive into a lot of these areas a little bit deeper. And then on social media, you can find me at Get Eco Happiness, G-E-T Eco Happiness. Okay, great. And this is like so fun. I think our listeners are going to have fun um, checking out your website and doing the quiz. Yes. Just another cool. thing they can add to their homeschool day. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the yeah. kids could, out, you know, you can incorporate it into asking the kids as well. And then I think it's fun for the parents to do. You know, a lot of, it's th- like one question is what kind of birthday party, you know, would they choose? And then there's options. But mm-hmm. a parent might just say, hey, which one would I want, <laughs> you know, when yeah. I was five or when I'm 40, you know, it doesn't matter. But everyone in the house can have their own special list of, of nature activities to try. 
That's cool. And it's going to be beautiful here pretty soon in Florida. So we need to get outside now. Yes. Oh, you know, I also wanted to mention that I'm also working on a children's book. Oh, cool. Yes. Tell the listeners a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so that's been exciting. I collaborated with a friend who's a teacher who's done a lot of social emotional learning. And I knew that I wanted a, a children's book so that the parents could read the parenting book all about eco-happiness and then read this children's book to their children and have that those engaging conversations about how nature can improve their their mental health, their mood, their emotions. So it's called Sky's Search for Eco-Happiness. And it's about a little girl who's feeling a little down and her mom says, go outside and find your friends. And she goes, she lives by the beach. And so she goes and finds her friends doing all these incredible eco-happiness type activities. And then she finds, you know, her happiness by doing that. So, yeah. That's really cute. Well, um, yeah, we'll have to have you back on soon and uh, you can talk more about your book as it comes out and a little bit more about your children's book. Super. Well, so I really appreciate your time, Sandy. Thank, Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. We hope that you have been encouraged by listening to this episode. If you would like to make a suggestion or be on the show, please reach out to us at localhomeschoolers.com. 